Mood.tv Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Not only do we have one special guest, but we got a bonus. We got two special guests this episode. Let me ask you a question. We have John Nolan of Taking Back Sunday and Stray Light Run. Also, he has his own new podcast called You Gotta Hear This. And on top of that, we got Brian Bonds. He's been, you know, well, we, we know him. He's been on the show a few times now. Songwriter himself, one half of the comedy duo Bobo Touch. Welcome, fellas. Hey, thanks. Hey, hey. Thanks for coming back, Brian. Yes, no, thank you. You know, any opportunity that I could uh, really let loose, I'll take it. It's so special. And when I when I heard we the, won't talk about penises this time. Thank you. And when I heard that John, <laughs> when I heard that John was going to be on, I got really excited. So thank you. Yeah, and thank you very much for coming on for the first time, John. In uh, full disclosure, we did record another episode, and it was probably the best episode we've ever had in the history of Lamayak. And it's uh, it was lost in the mix. But thank you so much for coming back to do a redo, John. We really appreciate it. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Happy to be back. Yeah, it is a shame we lost that one. I felt feel like we had a good, productive conversation and the world will never hear it. It's now. burned into my amygdala, though. So I'll, I'll <laughs> constantly be rerunning it in my mind as we as we get older. Good. But this will be even better. Also, we got producer EJ5000. Uh, th- thanks for having me back. It's been great. It's been a long time. We're over 200 and something episodes. I know a couple episodes ago I said this is our official four-year anniversary, but I couldn't do math well. So I think we're finally ap- actually approaching it because if we do the math, it would be the 208th episode. Yeah, we're close. would be our official four-year tally. Uh, but we are over the four-year mark. But thank you, listeners, new and old. Everything Anthony said is true. Thanks, John, for coming back for part two. I feel like for listeners of the show, I talk about meals all the time, and I feel like that was a meal that we got to enjoy that nobody else is going to, or like a live performance of a song. That was just for us. It was almost like we were just talking like people, but you know, now we're back to podcasting so we can record it and share it with others. <laughs> uh, well, welcome, everybody, and I have prepared another, another question for Let Me Ask You a Question, and the question is something like this. I think that if we were asked to go to an 80s-themed party or a 90s-themed party, maybe even a, a not-themed party, we would know how to dress. But what I'm wondering is, if we were invited to a 2010s party, maybe 20 years from now, do you think we would still know how to dress? Or do we think that because of things like the internet and how culture is kind of splintering off, that it's not really possible to do that anymore? Mm. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of ways we can run, I suppose. So hold on. Are you trying to say that we know how to dress because of the Internet now? <laughs> no, I'm thinking that we know less and less about it or we get more and more specific in how we dress. As we're before the Internet, when there was like a cultural norm, it spread across everywhere and there was still a counterculture. But the norm was very obvious. You know, a fad swept through in a major way because it was your only access to that information. It would spread through the school or the college because Everybody could see it. But now that there's the Internet, you have more, quote unquote, choice of your own style because you have so many more references. Yeah. So is there that mainstream is the mainstream is mainstream anymore? Right. Yeah. Well, so like in the early in like 2010, was that was it still was the, the like emo hair thing, like the flat iron hair over the swooping over the eyes? Was that still a thing or is that more like mid to like 2005? Was that over by 2010? 
it's almost what I'm doing right now, but that's a product of our, our very specific times. No, I think you're right. It was, it was, I think kind of popular then in some spiky hair too. Yeah. That like you'd put the, the, you'd flatten the one part in the front over your eye and then oh, yeah. spike it up behind. And, then back. and the back is crazy. So like the Karen haircut, but on boys. Because <laughs> the spikes in the back have gone away, but I, I still feel like currently I'm still seeing a lot of the, the Anthony haircut here. You know, that's still pretty. I love it. Yeah. What is the look of the aughts? Even if that was still a thing, that was only a very, that was like just a, a group of people yeah. walking around like that. It was not the majority of people. So I don't know what the overarching style theme was for uh, that time period. Exactly. Yeah. But even by the time we got to 2010, maybe, maybe you could argue that it's, it's been more and more, I feel like probably through the nineties and, and I'm going to not blame the internet, but it just, it seems to me that it's kind of inescapable now that, you can go down any rabbit hole you want. And even by 2010, it, which is still really in retrospect, like basic based on what we've seen this year about what the internet can really do in the last few years. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see how that had already started maybe by the late aughts. Yeah. Before we started recording, Anthony and I were kind of pondering this question, which I know is like a big no-no for Lamayak, but I like to think about how there's always a fashion that goes with music and or music that goes with fashion. Mm -hmm. It seems like they're so tied uh, with a with a certain sort of identity. And it's not always like a, a definitive like I'm this and so I do this. But we, we tend to like roll with the same crowd, same scenes and feel comfortable wearing that outfit or whatever we have. And so I think now in the aughts, uh, one of the newest music forms I've seen is this like YouTuber, TikToker, emo rap stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that look seems to be a really interesting one, but I don't know that it hit mainstream, but you know, that's where we get the like the Kool-Aid colored hair and dreads and face tattoos. But then also the same scene also has just a straight up emo look or or goth look. So it's really strange where the the look is not conclusive, but it's also definitive that it's it's conclusively and definitive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's definitely a, a product of this time period, but it's also like, yeah, again, it's, it's just maybe a small group that's actually looking like that. Yeah, I guess another thing that I'm now that I'm thinking of it though, and maybe it's more at the root of this question is is the mainstream in quotes, quote, unquote, mainstream, is that actually becoming more and more of its own little niche? But because of how much our, and I'm not I don't think it is quite there yet, but I wonder if that's going to become just another thing that's like that just signifies you're into this kind of stuff and you're into this kind of stuff. And so it's all being specified even what we consider to be mainstream or is there any, is there even such a thing as something being mainstream anymore? Or is it just a lot of different things that are popular with certain groups of people? Exactly. But, and the other question I have, at least for myself is, I mean, I might just be getting old and I might just not know what's popular or what people are doing anymore. So that's <laughs> definitely a possibility for me. Well, it's interesting you say that because I just ordered us a couple of canes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but I do think that when you hear the statistics from people, and this changes by year, I hear in passing, oh, you know, 
now on Facebook, uh, my aunt or grandma's on there or, oh, teenagers don't really use Instagram anymore. Now it's more like kind of, you know, people from the 80s. I just like these interesting kind of uh, shifts. And like, and then you have, you know, obviously young people, they say are on TikTok, but, it, you know, at, at one point there were just more of different kind of, I, maybe the social platforms had different use cases or just these shifts. Uh, but ever, obviously everybody's everywhere, but, but I do think it's interesting that you kind of hear these things that, uh, that, that like, uh, there's more demographics on one than the other. Yeah. Mm. Surprising that there even is. I've seen it. Like my dad signed up to Facebook, like, you know, 10 years later, but like, it's that kind of crowd I see on there for everyone. Oh, everyone's got their whole family set up there now. But yeah, I, I just think it's 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 interesting. I'm sorry if I'm just venturing off now and blabbing on. No, I mean it's super. That's super interesting. I mean, Facebook itself has become so interesting in so much as it's become more and more the domain of older people. It seems like it seems like people, you know, not not boomers. You know, people that are younger have kind of already drifted. Like even older people that I know that aren't quite boomer age are like much more Instagram savvy and this and that. It seems like it's already we're already kind of setting these things up and abandoning them for the next hot thing. That seems to be happening a lot. It seems like when the uh, older people move into any uh, social media platform, the younger people go look yes. somewhere else for a new <laughs> yeah. place to, to hang out. Man, my aunt saw me smoking weed again. <laughs> instead of a uh, geriatrification, instead yeah. of gentrification. Yeah, no, it's, it's true, though. It's You're right. That's exactly it. Those are the evil people. No, but <laughs> yeah, those are the people you don't want to be sharing your uh, all your information with. You don't want your you don't want your uh, 65 year old uncle uh, looking at everything you say on the Internet. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> But I think it's interesting, too, like as before social media and certainly before the Internet, because we're talking sort of in the context of clothing and styles, the older you got, the smaller your social, literal social network got. You know, it was harder to make friends uh, the older you got because you were doing less social things before there was the Internet. And so Facebook specifically really gave that older generation a really easy way to reconnect with people that wasn't going to a funeral of another one of their own. Like... (laughs) They are able to connect now in a way that they weren't. And so culturally, too, they're able to share whatever they think, which I think goes along to the style and the mainstream thing we were talking about, too. Like before the Internet, again, there was pop culture and it was very obvious because it was on TV or is in mainstream media. And of course, there was people watching anime or, or playing punk rock or whatever. But then once the Internet was really kicking off and gave everybody a way to connect with people in faraway places, those communities... I don't know if they actually got bigger or if they were able to connect with each other so they felt stronger. Because, you know, there's always been pockets of those quote-unquote countercultures, but the internet really awoken the the communication between them, which is really cool. To bring it back to fashion, which I think is really interesting with the pop culture thing, like people were wearing the same one suit that they owned for hundreds of years. People didn't have a lot of money to buy a lot of, of clothes unless you were super rich. Until 1871 is when Levi Strauss invented jeans, invented denim. So once denim was created, it was only for the workers and they owned one pair of jeans. And then we, we invented a middle class in the 1940s and 50s in our country, at least. And then jeans became pop culture because of James Dean. And now fashion is mainstream because fashion wasn't even a concept. It was like, I have my suit. And I have my sleeping clothes because that's what good people afford. So 
the middle class created a sense of fashion, and then moving forward, music had a big tie-in with that. So I think it's really interesting. The all-important question here, though, is do you think we'll still have decade-based theme parties? <laughs> Always. <laughs> that will never go away. Thanks to Now CDs. Now 75 is the best compilation out now. <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I call music from the early 2010. <laughs> <laughs> that's still my favorite. My favorite fake ad is now that's what I call Mongolian throat singing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I still can't get enough of that advertisement. Uh, but Brian, do you really, do you really think that's the case? You think there will be a 2010s theme party at some point? You know, I don't know for that year in particular. It's definitely better than 2001 <laughs> or 2020. Well, maybe not Maybe not the year particularly. Although it'd be funny if somebody had like a January 3rd, 2010 party. It's going to be all MAGA hats and emo haircuts. It's going to be real interesting. It would be. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. It could be done. It could definitely be done. I think I, I think there's a, a subculture and crew out there that will navigate that and make sure it happens i don't know i think that <laughs> so what about this though what what about i i wonder if you were like uh if you were like 15 in 2010 you know or a teenager there might be a whole bunch of styles and things that were trendy during that time that uh us old people don't even we didn't kind of it wasn't on our radar so they might have all these things that they associate with that era to throw a theme party around right yeah. 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 I didn't even think about it. But of course, that seems something like when you're in your formative years, the stuff that was popular at the time is going to be the stuff that you gravitate backwards to. And there's actually weirdly something comforting about that to me. And I, I guess what I want, or maybe the, the one of the kernels here is like, is the concept of mainstream to put value judgments on it, good or bad or somewhere in between? But I mean, is there something lost if there's not a mainstream at all anymore? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I remember like the nineties, your, your options for things were pretty limited, you know, right. you're a teenager and you, you're listening to like rock radio or top 40 radio. And like, I was still discovering music that way and yeah. that worked out all right. But you know, I probably had on the, on the rock radio station, there was probably like 30 bands that they played or something, yeah. you know, like, and maybe a little bit more. And, uh, and then MTV, you had that. And, and then other than that, it's like you talk to your friends about stuff and that's how you find out. But I mean, I think there's something cool about right now, the fact you just like go explore and find hundreds and hundreds of things, uh, music wise or movie wise. Like, yeah. So I think that there's something really cool that there's not just these few different outlets for finding out about art or music or whatever. For, for better, or for worse too, like, I agree with you, and I think the four of us specifically, we like, I look for new music, I listen to stuff that I might not like to see if I like it, and I listen to stuff that I'm pretty sure I'll like. I, I try, you know, I search. I'm, I'm actively searching. I always was. But I, I, I don't know if I say I worry, but for the younger generation who is into a lot of the media like your YouTubes or what have you, they suggest stuff for you. And a lot of the times it is awesome. Like I've been, I've been suggested bands. I'm like, I would never have listened to that band because I didn't know that they existed and, and I mm -hmm. find out about it. But then every once in a while they sneak in a Prager university <laughs> video and now, you know, <laughs> now you're, you're working on some other stuff. But 
it's kind of neat that the the tastemakers now, instead of it being older brothers or that older kid, is like an algorithm. So I don't know if it's good or bad, but I find it interesting. Yeah. I mean, that get that opens up all other cans of worms for sure about how much do we even how much is, is it even possible for us to kind of decide our own tastes anymore if the algorithm is kind of always suggesting things and we take the suggestions. I guess that's a big part of it is that we we will willfully go down that rabbit hole it doesn't even have to be the algorithm it could be like i'm at a restaurant and they're like the specials for today are and i'm like you said special i'm probably going to get one of the five things you're going <laughs> to mention to me like I'm, I'm very i make impulse buys at the register if there's a big sign like i'm very influential but at the same time i am always seeking out not influential very easily influenced yeah i'm very influential you should say that to yeah, me no we, we no we, you're both man I, but i as at the same time i am hungry i'm always seeking things out so it's it's interesting uh because I feel like we feel like we have more choice now, but I don't know if we do or if it just seems like we do. It's tricky. I mean, you know, it's how do you how do you unravel it anymore? I think that's part of the thing that's super interesting to me is that ugh, I don't know if there's any way to get a good way to get behind that. I mean, the social media was definitely blooming and buzzing and happening in 2010, right? Obviously the social network, I think came out that year. Um, and fuck you, Jesse Eisenberg. But also I do, I What's do. Wrong with him? He's just an actor. He once tried to like push me out of the way on the street in the bike lane when I was crossing the street once. And I thought it was an elderly woman on his bike on their bike <laughs> and then it was him and i was like oh my god i like i knew it was you i would have just kicked the back tire uh, <laughs> I, I i saw him again in the future and i i didn't think he was the kindest uh in an exchange with someone else but i was just joking uh i mean no those stories are true but i do think jesse eisenberg is very jesse eisenberg in that movie <laughs> but that movie came out that year and i still think we didn't have as many I think options as we do now, like there's like within the other apps, there's like, you know, you can purchase things now easily. You could see, you know, search things by hashtag. If you're a parent, you could start following other parent influencers or other musicians or gear lovers. It's really just kind of like whatever you want to tap into. Yeah. I mean, my explore feed algorithm is like fucking just videos of Kurt Cobain, people getting their neck cracked at the chiropractor and like <laughs> all kinds of weird shit. <laughs> oh, I love that stuff too. I love crack videos. You know, I don't know. It's just so weird. We didn't have this then. We didn't have any of these options. And, uh, and th the biggest scary thing too is, uh, sorry for the detours is talking about stuff and then seeing it later come up as like an ad on your phone when oh yeah you know, i hadn't creepiest. even google searched it yet that's happened to me a few times me too um and so it's just weird when that happens and obviously uh you know your microphone is on if you look in your preference settings but i think things are way more immediate uh than they were at even when that movie came out and the platform launched years before then but I just think uh, even when Friendster came out, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, it's like your buddies are online and you can write it like your favorite movie list. <laughs> like, who gives a shit about that? <laughs> you know, I mean, I do, but nobody else does. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's I, I do think I do think we're influenced by each other. And, and but also some of the strange things that pop up in the Explore feed is just the weird warped algorithm version of our brains <laughs> it is i mean for me as somebody 
as a music creator, something that I, I find to be interesting is I'm I'm so of two minds because one part of me kind of loves the liberation that there's infinite rabbit holes that we can go down and infinite uh, paths of interest or lines of flight that we can take now. But at the same time, it's anxiety inducing because I, I say to myself, what the fuck do I want to create now? Oh, yeah. It's really hard. There's something about there's something about um, the authoritarianness of the mainstream that I that actually makes it less stressful in some ways. Yeah, it's really easy to know who you are when you're not when you're locked in yourself in a, a woodshed. But once you start meeting or listening or opening your eyes to everything else, then you're like, oh, uh, maybe I could be that too. Should I be that? Was I that? I didn't realize that was a part of me. And and then it's yeah, it's really easy to be to to make that impulse buy at the register. Yeah, it's very easy to kind of put on a mask and then put on another mask now. You know, you can we can sift through identities as quickly as we can pick up our phone and click on things. And, you know, I, there's something interesting and, and maybe something gained by that. But I do have this weird fear that just makes me feel like such a kind of old person or a reactionary that there is something nice about us kind of, oh, this is the popular thing. OK, well, I guess what I'm going to do is make more of that kind of sound or not that at least there was a black and white. Yes or no. Or something to respond to. Yeah, that was more of a clear. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yes. Yes, or no. yes okay. exactly. Exactly. So that being said, to bring it back to the original question in the fashion, what was something that you just that you at within the the aughts decide or no within the 2010s decided to wear that was contrary to what you were wearing or what was one piece of fashion that you did adopt in that time because i was thinking it through and there was things that i changed even though it wasn't like now i'm dressing like the future it just was something different so what's something that you add to your uh clothing repertoire that was different than the last decade is that your nipple piercing I did lose one, but that was on accident. <laughs> okay, it wasn't a 2010s decision. You know, I think I wore a belt, and I don't wear a belt really anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do sometimes, but I used to wear a belt all the time, and I didn't need it for certain jeans. Like, it, they were fine, but I wore it for, like, style because someone, gift, like, they gifted it to me. It was theirs, and I was like, oh, this is a cool belt. And then I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Uh, eventually I was like, I don't need this or I lost it or something, but I don't wear belts anymore. That's really, I didn't, well, I didn't wear belts before 2010 and after 2010. You were a beltman. Yeah. Okay. More of a fashion accessory than uh, something you needed to hold your pants up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did you ever define yourself by the belt though? Were you ever really invested in the belt? Um, no, not really. I, I really didn't think it was just, it was kind of stupid. I would be like, Oh, I have to wrap this and thread it through back through the pants or whatever. Yeah. Right. And I didn't like it. Yeah. I caught up with you. You said, I don't need to be doing this. The pants stay up on their own. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. I think they're great for suits, pants, you know, different. It comes in, you know, it's great for, it's a tool. Sometimes you need, yeah. Sometimes you need it. You just <laughs> need to keep those pants up or look like, Hey, you should look with a suit on, but uh, anybody else have like things they distinctly did in the, in the 2010s. So for me, I think you guys are a little bit younger than me, but I saw 2010 ish around that time was when I was like a little over 30. And I, I feel like that was around the time I was starting to really just kind of tap out from kind of trying to stay within any kind of fashion or pay attention to popular culture I kind of hit 30 and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to 
wear my flannels and t-shirts and my <laughs> jeans for the rest of my life. And I pretty much have since then. <laughs> I feel similarly. I was like, probably a little bit later, like you're saying, so I'm a little bit younger because you're super old and I'm super young. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. uh, But I decided like, I'm going to cut out trying to wear cool stuff. I'm going to wear black t-shirts and jeans and I'm going to yeah. feel comfortable. But I, I did switch... Uh, I always wore like skater jeans that were big and comfy up until I met Brian Bonds and Jinda Pomavonsa of our of band Brian Bonds. And Jinda kept on every time he would see me, he would make fun of me for wearing skater jeans. The jeans are too big, bro. The jeans are too big. But I could never wear skinny jeans because I have like that weird preteen body that looks like that that toy when you squeeze it, the eyes pop out. <laughs> I don't have a great body, so I gotta wear regular jeans but it's like levi's jeans and a black v-neck t-shirt i settled into that and i feel like that's not fashion but it's still fashion you know it's it is what it is but i've settled in there you gotta be comfortable you know you gotta be comfortable in the the, the look and the clothes so if that that's what uh that's what you like that's good and always levi's i'm not a brand whore for anything else but I just love Levi's. I love their cuts. I use I do the five one fours for the people who are in the know, and they just they suit me well. I have a uh, this big um, gut, and so if I wear the five one fours, they're low cut, sits right under my belly, and makes me feel real good. Can you see your penis if you're standing in front of you nude? Oh, I can see my penis. Okay, the stomach's not that big. You don't have this this what is it the stainus? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. And 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 quarantine's been kind to me. I've been. I can see more of my penis lately. It's been great. <laughs> That's a great place to end it. All right, we'll be right back. that wonderful break that has music by the wonderful John Nolan and or the wonderful Brian Bonds Ow! and or maybe it was something by Anthony. Maybe we collaborated on something all together. It's hard to say. We wrote a wonderful, a, a wonderful piece with <laughs> Brian Bonds playing tummy sticks and the rest of us improvising over top of that. <laughs> I'm definitely interested in that. I love your imagination, EJ. It's funny because the three of us, I wish Anthony you were there uh, I wish we captured you and you, and you toured with us. Me too. But the three of us have played together on on each other's music. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great segue. Thanks for co-hosting this, Brian Bonds. I appreciate that. So, it. live and on Day Trotter, <laughs> live from New York. It's Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, uh, for those of you who do listen to the show, I, I've currently got a, a job and I'm I'm teaching children music maybe even some of your children, so be worried. Be very worried. But uh, I was able to wonderfully use on my resume this wonderful performance that I got to do for John with Brian on the Day Trotter session. If you don't know about the Day Trotter sessions, they're awesome, and now they're really hard to find because they were bought by somebody. Did you guys see? Paste. Paste Magazine. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so which is cool, uh, just a little bit harder to find. But we toured way back when, uh, I think 11 years ago. 
Yeah, I think it was 2009, maybe 2008, 2009. I can't remember which. Yeah, I think so. Two, <laughs> 2009. Yeah, this was after, I think this was the second tour that we might have done together, John, because, or was this the first? I did a tour with you guys. Uh, I, I was touring as a solo act, and I think we were on tour with Personnel. Yeah. And uh, we did that tour where we all played, I think we both played on each other's on each other's sets that whole tour right yeah at least for some songs yeah well and then that was then after that not too long after that there was also the straylight run tour that you guys were on mm -hmm. yeah and uh that one was where we ended up with uh the trailer breaking and uh getting stuck in sykeston missouri for three days so. Oh my God! Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we which was uh, for those who who don't tour or those who have had the privilege. We did the unconventional share a van thing, which I think was totally awesome. And still, thank you forever because that's amazing that you allowed us to do that, John. Well, it was uh, our pleasure. Well, I think at that time, you know, like we had a trailer, we had the van, we we were a three piece at that point. Yeah, I believe, and uh, we had the room, and it was like, why not travel together? And you know what? I'm also extra glad that you guys came with us because that three days in in sykeston i don't think would have been nearly as memorable yeah if you guys been there. <laughs> that was great times yeah man what a wild town to be in didn't we venture off to like a knights of columbus yeah a halloween party at a knights of columbus that's right let's dive in so yeah it was halloween right around halloween yeah and we're on tour driving through misery i mean missouri no i said it right the first time driving through these wonderful cornfields and we look back and this little two axle trailer two axle trailer that you guys had was smoking like crazy was that right it was smoking yes because the bearings seized up on it oh, it was smoking right. completely seized tires not moving it was like it was a thing and I believe will was driving because will insisted on driving yeah which was great. And we had to because I think uh, the, the trailer couldn't be fixed for uh, an extended amount of time. Yeah, yeah, there was something that they needed to replace on it that was going to take a couple of days. It might have even been a weekend or something, and it was going to take them some time to get the parts and do the labor. And so we were just uh, we canceled a couple shows and just hung out in Sykeston, which is uh, it's, it was a pretty small town. But it, it had a main street and it had, you know, some a couple of restaurants and shops and bars and yeah. and a Knights of Columbus. Is that what it was? Because John and I were both trying to remember when we talked about it. Yeah, we thought it was American Legion. Was it a Knights of Columbus? Legion. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, yeah. No, no, I think you're right. I think it was an American Legion. It's a town that has a population of 16,000 people. And uh, I remember when we walked in, it was kind of like a film. It was like we were the ones that kind of look like the outsiders you know yeah because it was in the middle of a cornfield it wasn't like in a main strip this building pretty long building we walk in and yeah our crew of of vampires we were all wearing all black the style at the time nuts the naughty look <laughs> did anybody dress up brian it was a halloween party and I, I remember walking in and seeing uh a facebook generation inside and some of them were dressed up and some of them weren't. And we walked in and it was like it was like uh, whenever a bad guy walked into the saloon, like everybody did, got quiet. Yeah, did the saloon pianist stop? <laughs> yeah, there was a record scratch. <laughs> exactly. The pianist stopped. Everybody. Yeah, was I like, think I didn't one of us go up and sing, actually. Right. Did you do my little buttercup? <laughs> John, did you sing? I sang. I sang. They were doing karaoke. 
And I believe I went with my go-to because I've I uh, my go-to karaoke song is Piano Man because I I was going to say it was Billy Joel, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, almost any situation you're in, you can sing that song and people enjoy it, and they oh yeah kind of get on their good side. <laughs> I've sang that at a few like rural uh, bars where people probably wouldn't have been. Uh, that uh, it, where people wouldn't necessarily want to hang out with me, but then I become everyone's best friend after I sing piano, man. That's a great choice. I think that's, yeah. it, it's so, yeah, I love, I love that idea. That's fantastic. Is that your way to be like, he's from Long Island and I'm from Long Island. We all good. Is that, is that like kind of what you're trying to do there with that? Well, no, I mean, I feel like everyone knows that song. It's generally like, it's not yeah. a very divisive song. You know, everyone can get on board with piano man. Right. Yeah. It's, it's played at a lot of piano bars too here. I feel like it's kind of a standard thing, but there is a long Island connection, there is. Uh, but I, but, but I love that. I mean, I just think EJ, you're such a ball breaker and it's great. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I am. But also I mean that literally like whenever you're in a, a foreign place, <laughs> No, and I know you're like there to already bust your balls. You can be like, <laughs> you like him. I'm from the same place. And sometimes that's all it takes. Like you find people you're like, oh, I went to my my third cousin went to the same <laughs> college that your mom did. And they're like, oh, we can be friends now. It's like so stupid, but it's true. John, you know? John was essentially being brave by putting himself out there being like, don't murder us. We're New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good folks. Yeah. He should have done rawhide. <laughs> there was a guy in the bar with his wife, I remember, who had this like movie like monster makeup. It was like he was bald and he had this like, you know, uh, this really walking dead kind of like re realistic stuff. And I remember just seeing him ordering drinks like, you know, a nice person, but he looks so disgusting. <laughs> Like an actual zombie. Yeah, he looked. Yeah, he looked like a legitimate zombie. Yeah. Wait, you saying he was in makeup, or that was just how they looked there? No, no, this guy went out of his way. He was in makeup. Okay. It was weird because there were a few people just kind of in costume, and a lot of people weren't. And it was funny because you looked around and you were like, "This is what's going on on Halloween night. Like, this is the most exciting thing." And it, it, and then when you could look back to like your own hometown, even or or you know or, or different cities you've been to, you're like, holy shit, this is like fucking crazy. <laughs> and I'm not knocking it; it was just so small town, you know. Mm -hmm. I do remember not paying for a lot of drinks, even though I do remember there was a time when there was a guy who was wearing like a, a hat. I don't know if it was a camo hat, but he wasn't dressed up in Halloween. And for whatever reason, he had seen John and he was really like he took interest in you. Wow. I think that was whenever the karaoke was on the left side and we were kind of in the middle, which we didn't know was the middle, but seemed like the right side of the bar. Brian, we think was being entertained by a much older woman at the time. But we're trying to rebuild that in our brains. But this this gentleman kept was was like latched on to John and was like, hey, man, I want to show you something. Come come here. And John was being polite and also seemed a little scared. And I, I do believe he, he was like, come, come through here. And you walked off with him through one of these doors. And holy shit. Yeah, it was probably not a smart idea. <laughs> but I decided to follow because I saw red flags yeah. and I was like, hey, you know, the, uh, Brian was busy with his new girlfriend. So I was like, no, I think it was that guy's wife, the zombie. <laughs> I think I. 
I I think I was talking to them about how cool it, but I I swear I I don't remember that unless it was my grandma. <laughs> well, so so John and I would go we go to this for the second room and there's like a big room and there was some pool tables. It was kind of dark. And he's like, "Come on through here. Come on through here." Oh my god. And so we and again, John, if correct me if I'm wrong, but we continued walking through another long room. This building must have been as big as a football field, but they were sectioned off. So we go into a third room. It was all dark. Maybe there was like old ski ball machine or something. He's like, right here, right through this door. And he points through and he opens the door and John and I walk through and then we're outside in the cornfield. He just like let us right outside <laughs> and locked the door behind us and locked us out. And then we had to walk around to get back in. I don't know if that was pre or post Piano Man. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, that's better than how it could have gone. I'm not sure. I think he might. It's, I think it's possible he actually murdered us and we've been in the afterlife. Yeah, yeah exactly. The afterlife. <laughs> it seems like a very deliverance setup. So I feel like that outcome's not so bad. Wait, so hold on. He shut the door behind you guys and locked it almost like get the fuck out of here pretty much or was he just kidding i think it was supposed to be kind of a prank or something right i think he was pranking us because we went we came back in and it's not like he like did anything harmful yeah, he didn't seem mad i i think he was just trying to like uh be silly make fun of us kind of or you know like yeah kind of have a joke at our expense and i and i do kind of i'm i'm kind of again rebuilding this 11 year old memory in my head but i i think brian you're right it might have been the guy that was with that woman because I I remember going back in and this guy not being like he wasn't continuing to bust our balls I think after that he was like you guys are all right kind of kind of a vibe, maybe? <laughs> I think so I think that was maybe his way of seeing how if we were gonna like get pissed off at him or something maybe or if we were gonna take the joke I don't know yeah you guys are like you could throw us in a cornfield anytime <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want with us we're fine so I mean because if it was a VFW or you know we were at a place where people were trained to do things so what are we gonna do we're on your turf. Yeah, we yeah. good. I had no idea this happened. I swear you probably told me right when it happened, but I can't even I I don't even I, I don't even remember you guys telling me. That's crazy. I don't I didn't I totally forgot about it till we talked about it. Uh I blocked it out of my mind. It makes me wonder if something worse happened. <laughs> just couldn't deal with it and it's blacked out. And then when we were outside, our clothes fell off. Yeah, it's definitely know. how something like that starts in one of those twists. Yeah, things. exactly. Yeah. It sounds like Leather Leatherface politely showed you the way out of the house. Yeah, yeah. and then we went right back in. <laughs> so this is one thing, Brian, I don't know if you remember this. I feel like as the as the night was ending, I think we, we ended up staying and like hanging out till the end. And yeah, I think there was like a guy or a woman or both that were like trying to convince you or all of us to go back to their house. Yes, yeah. telling, telling about like what kind of liquor they had there or something. And yeah, they, and and yeah, they were shutting down the bar. And they're like, we have a ton of liquor, and they're like, come and and. <laughs> wanted us to come and i think we were debating to do it because we were like should we like see what this experience is like but i think we yeah. we we went back to the hotel yeah it was definitely one more i feel like i remember being like well this is it's probably going to be a hell of a story if we go back with these people it, it's probably going to get weird and interesting <laughs> and then like do we want to deal with that and have the story or just go back and go to sleep how often do you do things in life just based on 
the concept that this will be a good story. You might not even enjoy it, but you know it's going to be a good story. So do you ever find yourself doing things? This is way off topic now for everything, but I'm just, I'm always interested in that kind of thing because I feel like I've done plenty of stupid things in life. It's, it's, for me, it's usually situations like that, like something on the floor where you're talking to some weird person and, and, you know, they're like, invite you to do something and you're like, you know what, this is going to be interesting. And uh, it's probably, uh, not exactly going to be fun, but it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you might as well smoke them if you got them. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're on tour. If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. Just get in there. Yeah. I, on that tour, I remember sleeping in random people's houses a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did a lot of that on that tour. Yeah, and everybody was cool, though. I mean, there was nothing, like, too extraordinary, but it's always, you know, which I, I completely understand and for those who put us up. And those who will put other bands up, it's so sweet that you put us up because we we need it. It saves money and it's wonderful. But, you know, you're traveling for eight to 18 hours a day. Sometimes you just want to go to sleep and someone has to always bite the bullet. Someone has to stay up and be appreciative no matter what time you stay. And that's always rough. Yeah, that's usually. Yeah, because they want to hang those people a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just show up and be like, thanks, we're going to bed now. (laughs) Like, because that's rude. And so somebody always bites the bullet. Yep. So thank, thank, thanks (laughs) to both of those people. (laughs) I I remember we stayed at a place and it was very cold, but it was like this mid-century modern house, but they had this like clown painting (laughs) in the uh, main room. And I remember that being like the whole thing. And I think that was that same tour. And that was whenever I definitely Jindo was there and had jumped on board at that point. (laughs) Clown painting. Yeah. They had like this awesome uh, stone fireplace that like went through from the living room to the backside. (laughs) But the focal point of the room was this like clown painting. (laughs) And it was like, and you felt like it was totally earnest. They had this up earnestly. No clue. That's the thing. Cause like, Oh yeah. You don't even know. It's beyond irony. You know, whenever we are staying in these situations, it's like one person in the band kind of knows this person because six years ago on tour, they said you should stay with us next time. Yep. (laughs) And then you're like, let's roll these dice, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And you do it, and it's it worked out so far. So, what became of clown? Of did you find out the deal with the clown? I I just remember sleeping very little because it was freezing, and they had like kind of said like it's a little cold, but if you bulk, if you you know if you wear a sweater, you'll be all right. And I remember just being like, I slept zero percent because it was so cold. And then we talked about the clown painting, and I, I, I don't think I don't think anybody stole it or anything weird like that. But I wouldn't put it past people. I think Jinda got a picture, a good photo of it, actually, <laughs> if I remember right. I want to see that so badly. Yeah, I feel like that because we talked about it. It was like a thing that wasn't just like a, a pass by moment. It was like no, that clown thing was a thing. So. Yeah, and it was a centerpiece. That was a focal of attention in in that house. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, I mean, that's one of the really interesting things about touring. I mean, I did it differently than than y'all being that I did theater shit. And so it was a, a different setup. But I definitely have had homestays in life for sure. You live in New York City and nothing seems too crazy. You know, you see a lot of crazy things happening on the street all the time. And that's a cliche of New York, but it's also true. And so it's always it was always so interesting touring around because you would I would buy something in a mall in the middle of nowhere. And before I said words, they, they would say, you're not from around here. <laughs> it's just it's just interesting how insular 
worlds are, you know, like it's hard. You know, you have goggles on living in New York City where it's just like, ah, whatever, you know, whatever happens, whatever. But it's just amazing to be kind of confronted with how people know so fast immediately what their community is and is not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that reminds me of another story from the that we told on the Forever Lost episode. But we were I don't I don't think it was the same tour. I think this was your solo tour. And we were I can't remember the town, but we were walking through town, the crew of us. It was cold, so we were all wearing like pea coats, which I don't think is that crazy, but they were either black or dark blue. And we're walking down this town to a restaurant and some some like a bunch of dudes were like, Hey, look, a bunch of vampires. <laughs> and you know, we're all skinny musician types, and none of us I mean, I think I think we're all pacifists for the most part. We're defenders, especially now that we're parents, but we're pacifists for the most part. And we're just like, ha, 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 you know, like, so you stick out it like a sore thumb, even though you don't think you do because you're wearing something that in New York makes you not stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, right. Everywhere else, it makes you stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I think one thing that happens when you're uh, when you're on tour that you don't it, it feels totally normal when you're on tour to be walking around in a group of like six people or more than that. And you all kind of have similar styles and, and, uh, appearances. Yeah. But, uh, generally I feel like, you know, that's, that's not something that happens, especially in like smaller towns or stuff, you know, like Sykes in Missouri, it's probably not a, a common occurrence to have a group of like seven dudes all uh, in a similar outfit, just kind of walking in a group down the street, you know, <laughs> but you, you draw attention to yourselves, especially, you know, in an environment like that. It is an added bonus though, that it was Halloween. And so, you know, yeah. somebody in town might've been thinking to themselves, Oh, it's Halloween stuff. Yeah. They might've thought that was our costume. Yeah. We could have leaned in. We could have just. We're a cult. <laughs> yeah. And what a, it would have put up a hurdle for them to be able to determine if you were from around there or not. It would have been kind of interesting. Yeah, I remember feel I feel like I don't know if this is true, Brian, but I, I remember feeling like you had never been in a town like that in your in your life before. Is that true? I yeah, I, I definitely was not. I mean, I you know, you play these little small college towns sometimes or but they're still kind of developed. This was like yeah. very much you know, you could get thrown in the back of a cornfield, you know, and I was kind of nervous because I was like, we definitely stuck out. And uh, I, I I wasn't like, like, oh, we're in like this really hip subtown or like college. You know, it's like we were like, oh, we're, we're in this town that the zo- a zombie dude wants to invite us back to his place to drink blood liquor. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't break down in the town we were playing in either, which I think is kind of important to note we were we broke down between shows yeah. we were going to another place that would invite us that we would be able to like have like-minded people we broke down in between that time so we were in wherever we wherever we were when we broke down is where we were you yeah. know we were nowhere near where we were trying to get to that was part of the problem yeah it was it was it the hotel near like a burger king or it, I feel it was like a Ruby Tuesdays or something. I remember going to some kind of chain restaurant and it, there was like a little sense of normalcy there. And we probably a Burger King too. They, they did have, it was big enough town to have a couple of chain restaurants. So that was nice. Totally. And I, I don't know if I'm mixing memories again, because my goodness, but I remember me and Jinda coming back. It could have been from the Halloween party. Could have not been, but I'll just say that it is from that. And we're like, we're hungry. And so we went to whatever drive through it was 
but we weren't driving. And so we like pretended like we we sat like driver passenger, but walked through and they're like, we can't serve you. And we like stepped on the thing and we're like, but we're here. We're hungry. And and they're like, if you're not in a car, we can't serve you with the drive. <laughs> That's crazy. That is one thing uh, I've learned. I learned from tour. Uh, yeah. Drive throughs will not serve you if you walk up <laughs> that, like, across the country. That is the rule. For some reason. That's crazy. To wrap it up here, I want to go around in a little fast round robin and just ask everybody in a yes or no form. In 20 years or 30 years, do you think we will be able to have a 2010 theme party in which we would all absolutely know exactly how to dress? Anybody can start. Yes. (laughs) I, I would say yes as well. I would say that most likely myself, I would not, I would, I would need to consult with somebody to know um, what to wear to the party, but I would figure there's probably other people who would know immediately what, what that attire is. What do you think, Brian? Yes. Oh, it's <laughs> three yeses. I'm a hard no. I'm just a solid no on this. I'm going to, I'm going to wear Ariana Grande outfit with a MAGA hat. Like not that I would ever wear a MAGA hat, but I feel like that's definitely a cultural expression of whatever these times are, whether they're good or bad, which I think is pretty bad. Yeah, actually that's an interesting point. And that that's a point that I'm actually not thinking about because you're actually getting really particular. Like that's, I was, yeah, it's, uh, but it's hard. It's like, because I think of an eighties party or nineties party. There's just so, and always wearing a Reagan thing, even though that was awful, they just stopped. I feel like this is my thing, though. My thing is that I don't know that anybody would wear a Reagan particular item. They could. Yeah. But I think you could just wear clothes that are nonspecific to that level and people would know it's 80s or 90s. And I don't know that we can get by without signifiers that are that specific with a 2010s party. That's why I'm saying no. Okay. I was just thinking about the 80s, though, and there is a few ways you can go. And maybe that is just in a certain way, the way it's always, because like, if you think of the 80s, you could go like preppy 80s. Oh, that's true. You could go like 80s punk rock. You could go 80s like new wave. You could go, you know, uh, 80s dad style or, you know, there's there's a variety of 80s. So fitness workout 80s. Oh, 100%. So that that might reveal itself in another 10 years. Because, yeah, I mean, like totally there's 18 different styles of the 80s that are very obvious, but they're not obvious. But the 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 odds are not the odds. The tens might not be obvious yet. No, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll do another. We'll do another Lamayak in twenty years, and yeah, let's see. And, and we'll see if we can have a a solid two thousand tens themed party. Maybe it'll be clearer in twenty. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. So I'm curious to see how it all how it all shakes out. My uh, my reason for the for the knownness is just there's such a pro- proliferation now of rabbit holes you can go down, just billions upon billions. It seems like. And so I wonder if that will do something to any kind of, even by 80 standards, like a clear vision of how we dress. But, you know, I'd be curious. Something about it is comforting to me if we can always have those kinds of parties. Like if we can always kind of collectively look back and go, yeah, okay, that was a time that we all understand. There's something scarier to me about a time that we can't do that anymore. Yeah, right. 2030 is going to be all body bags, so it's going to be real, real interesting. <laughs> that's a nice place to end it. <laughs> yeah, that's super fun. Well, <laughs> th- thank you. Uh, thanks, thanks everybody, for listening to our show. Thank you so much, John and Brian, for coming on the show. Is there any uh, 
info that y'all would like to impart stuff that people can check out online or any kind of music or anything at all, podcasts, et cetera? Oh, man. I mean, I've got uh, takingbacksunday.com. Taking Back Sunday uh, is on Instagram, Twitter, what have you. Uh, johnnolanmusic.com, John Nolan Music Twitter and all that. Also got the podcast, uh, You Gotta Hear This. And Taking Back Sunday has a podcast as well called Talking Back Sunday, cleverly enough. Yes. You can check any and all of those things out. Awesome. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm at brianbonds.com and on social media, same under the same handle. And uh, our comedy uh, side project, Bobo Touch, is, is always uh, doing strange shit at bobotouch.com. <laughs> same thing on the social medias. And uh, yeah, we have a podcast as well called Rewind That Scene, uh, which is kind of a monthly thing of uh, a deep dive on our favorite movies with actors who made those movies. And yeah. And also, uh, yeah, there's a lot of music out there. John has great records and we've been able to, to play on some of them. And John has also sung on some of my stuff, too. So yeah. there's a lot of uh, collaboration on this call uh, between EJ and also your your talent too, uh, Anthony. Uh, so a lot of talent flowing on this call. Well, thanks so much, all, all both of you, for coming on the show. And it's also nice that it's been a bit of a reunion. Yeah, it's good to see you guys again. Likewise. Yeah, and also, Happy New Year. This is going to come out just before the New Year. So I hope you guys make resolutions and then break them by the time that you listen to this episode the second time. Because that's what they're all about. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, and and text text us now at 929-352-6173. You can text us your very own questions. And uh, I will be the first to admit, I apologize. We have, we, have, we have been getting some and we haven't always been asking them. It just kind of depends on time. So, but we very much appreciate it. And we will get to your texted questions. And you can also email us at let me ask you a question podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Insta or Twitter at Lamayak Pod. You can go to moot.tv, got other podcasts to look at and listen to and information to put on your eyes and swag to buy. So we've got all kinds of options for y'all out there. It is the holiday season. Yes, and check out our subreddit, Lamayak Pod, and always hit up moot.tv to see the links that we've posted and or they're going to be in the info on whatever podcast aggregator you're using. So yeah, thanks for listening. Happy New Year. 2021's coming off to a start, a new decade, a new style. Start it off. Go out there, wear a new thing and make it the new public norm. Let's do it. <laughs> oh yeah, what should I do? Now I'm kind of thinking about what, I mean, I do have a ponytail, but this is not cool. Post-COVID 2021 new fashion? Come on! It's in all of our hands. We could do it. Yeah, we should arbitrarily develop a fashion here at Lemayak that people can score. Hell yeah, man. Overalls and mullets. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go for the skullet. But with no belts. No belts. Right, Brian? Yeah, yeah no absolutely belts. Absolutely no belts, for sure. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much, John and Brian, for coming on the show, and we will see you next time at Let Me Ask You a Question. Mood.tv. I was. It's. Uh, see ya. <laughs>